Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hug his neck or something. Psalms chapter number 87. I'm going to read the, the whole chapter. It is not real lengthy. Amen. If you'll allow me to read the whole chapter here. Psalms 87 and verse number one. The Bible says, His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God, Salah. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philista and Tyre with Ethiopia, this man was born there. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he rideth up the people that this man was born there, Salah. As well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there. All my springs are in thee. Amen. This morning I'd like to talk to you a little while along this subject very simply. Conquered and cherished. Conquered and cherished. I need you to help me to pray right now. Pray for me if you will as you pray. Father, Lord I come Jesus to you this morning. I need you. God, bring our minds, Lord, and let them be centered, God, upon your will and centered, God, upon your purpose. I pray, O oh Lord, today, God, that you're able to help us, Lord. Guide us and instruct us, Lord, for what you want to say, Lord, what you would desire to accomplish, Lord, in this place this morning. God, will love you. We'll thank you, Jesus. I pray, O oh Lord, strengthen us, Lord, in our walk. Strengthen us, God, in our relationship. Strengthen us, O oh Lord, today by your word. Let your word speak, God, some truths into our lives, Lord, and we'll be grateful and thankful for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, amen, that I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Conquered, conquered, and cherished. Scripture begins here, and whenever it speaks of his, I believe that it is safe concerning the context of the Scripture that is speaking of the Lord, that his foundation, or even better understood, that he founded is, the, is in the holy mountains. What he founded there was Jerusalem. What he founded there is what we know to be Mount Zion. Jerusalem uh, was a high and a lofty place. As you've heard me all times say that whenever you went to Jerusalem, uh, by and large, from any other place around about, you always went up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was that high and lofty place that was situated upon uh, some hills and situated upon some mountains. Two in particular that comes to mind that Jerusalem sat upon was the hill of Mount Moriah. That Mount Moriah that Abram had taken his son Isaac to to sacrifice unto the Lord. That mount upon Mount Moriah, Jerusalem, uh, was situated upon that mountain. Also, another notable mountain that Jerusalem was situated upon was Mount Zion, also known as the city of God. Zion many times was spoken of as the city of God. 
of David. But he continues to say that the Lord hath founded this, or this is the foundation of the Lord, that is Mount Zion. And the Lord in particular, the scripture says, loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. But the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Now, Jerusalem in and of itself, and whenever I speak of Jerusalem interchangeably, you'll hear me say Jerusalem, you'll hear me say Zion, because many times Zion and Jerusalem were just synonyms for one another. And uh, as a matter of fact, throughout the Psalms, as the writer would write, uh, he would use Zion oftentimes for Jerusalem because Zion seemed to be uh, the poetic way uh, to be able to talk about Jerusalem. We understand Jerusalem in New Testament scripture. We understand the significance of Jerusalem. Jerusalem would be that place of Acts chapter number two where the church was birthed. It would be that place that Christ told his disciples, go there and tarry there until you be endued with power from on high. So the significance of Jerusalem for the New Testament is very important, the birthplace, if you will, of the church. But not just that, even prior to that, uh, the, 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 the Jerusalem held or Zion held a very important place. All around about Jerusalem and Zion, uh, there were a lot of activities that took place. Uh, the ministry of Christ was held very close to uh, the location, geographical location of Jerusalem or Mount Zion. It is among those places that we see people that are sick, that are being healed, that different things are taking place. His teachings, his instructions are taking place around about Jerusalem and Zion, that that would be uh, the vicinity and which the Lord would even die in the location of Mount Zion, in, in that place and location where he would be buried and where he would resurrect. So we understand the significance of Mount Zion in those regards. And the Lord undoubtedly loved uh, Zion. We know that. He told them one time, looking over the city uh, with tears streaming down his face, how oft times I would gather thee as a hen would gather her brood under her wings. He was speaking of Jerusalem and Mount Zion. He said, but ye would not. So he has an affection for uh, Zion, if you will. Uh, throughout the scriptures, we understand in the New Testament or even today that whenever you speak then of Zion or you speak of Jerusalem that you are speaking in certain terms about the church God has an affinity or a heart that is toward the church because that was the place where the temple was erected at Jerusalem Mount Zion is where it said that's where the church was born and so Jerusalem and Zion was nothing more but the church and he loves the gates of Zion more than anything because of what happens at Zion what happens at Jerusalem the gates of that city would be where people have entrance access to and walk away from the city of God it's where they would enter and they would leave during their times of worship when they had come to the Lord with their sacrifices and their offerings and they would offer them up to the Lord he loved the gates of Zion that's where his people entered into the place of relationship and communication and worship unto the Lord all their feast days they would be coming in and out there and so he loves them for that very moment in time. The Bible even speaks here in the psalm that there were glorious things that were spoken of Jerusalem. 
uh, of Zion, if you will, of things that were old, things that were present, and things that were come. There were some glorious things that were spoken of them. Uh, Jerusalem was a tremendous place. He says in so many words in verse 4, he says, I'll make mention of Rahab, which is just a poetic way of saying Egypt. He makes mention of Egypt and Babylon and Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia and the these were some very notable nations and notable cities in their time and in their structure. And he says, these notable places, men come forward and say, well, I was born in Egypt. Or I was born at Ethiopia. Or I was born at Tyre. Because these are some of the best known nations and cities of the then known world. But he says, it's not, it's, it is maybe perhaps a privilege to be born at some of these places. He says, but of Zion it shall be said this man was born in her and the highest himself shall establish her in other words to be born in or at Zion superseded being born anywhere else being born at Zion eclipsed being born at Egypt it eclipsed being born at Babylon it was a distinguished honor to be born at Zion there was no higher appraisal of any birth than to be born at Zion because that's the city that God loves, amen. In spite of all the other places of Jacob and Jacob and his sons, the 12 tribes, they were all given a distribution of the land and they all had an allocation and they had homes and they had dwellings. He said, you can stack all their dwellings together, but God loves just even the gates of Zion more than all the rest, amen, because there's no place if you're gonna, if you're gonna somehow uh, pride yourself in being born anywhere, pride yourself whenever you're born at Zion. For the New Testament, that says something to us that we were all born in a physical nature. Some of you were in Indiana. Some of you were in Illinois. Some of you were in Washington as my wife was born. And that's great and tremendous. But there is no greater, greater or higher appraisal of birth until you're born in Zion. Until you're born in the church. Until you're born in Jerusalem, if you will, born again. The scripture said through the pen of the psalmster, he said, the Lord shall count when he rideth up the people that this man was born there. In other words, God has a register and God has a record. And what he counts are not the ones that are born in Egypt. What he counts are not the ones that are born in Babylon. What he counts is not the ones that are born in Tyre or any of these other places. He only counts the ones that were born in Zion. When he writes his register, when he's taking inventory, when he's pinning down the names, he says that one was born at Zion. That one was born again of the water in the spirit at the church. And those are the ones that count. Hear me, folks. We've been talking a lot about end times. There is a register that the king of the universe has been keeping. And what counts is when you're born again. What counts is when you're born in Zion. It doesn't matter what type of noble birth we may have had upon this world. What counts is Zion. He loves Zion. He loves that place. He adores that that place is near to his heart. Zion loves that place. Jerusalem, the city of God, is well looked upon. He wanted us to pause and consider that. 
He uses the word Salah at a couple different intervals here in the chapter. And the Amplified Bible renders Salah that we need to pause and calmly realize what that means. You understand what it means for the Lord to love the gates of Zion. Gates were nothing more but a means of entrance. They were just merely a part of the dwellings. Amen. A part of the dwellings. But God says, I, I love the gates of the city of Zion. They're just the places of concourse. They were just the places where business was transacted. They were just the places where courts and judgment was held. But many times a person, whenever they said the gates of the city, it stood for the entirety of the city itself. If they said the gates of Jerusalem, then he meant the entire city of Jerusalem. So it wasn't just that he loved the gates of Zion, but he loved Zion in its entirety. He loved Zion, amen, because of the access, amen, and the power that it gave to his people. Zion, someone say Zion. Zion, the gates of Zion. And so no doubt this is, this is absolutely something that the Lord holds near his church. We understand that. We understand that he holds that near unto his heart and that this is, should be pleasured. But through another scope, through another perspective, we understand that the Lord loves Zion. And those who wrote this psalm perhaps believes that he loves the gates of Zion. The, 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 the superscript of this particular chapter, if you have it in your Bible, it says a psalm or a song for the sons of Korah, or if you will, a psalm or a song for, even translated the sons of Korah, meaning it was either written by the sons of Korah or it was for the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah in the Old Testament and the book of Numbers, we understand that they rose up in rebellion against Moses and against Aaron. Uh, they, were per, they were part of the Kohathites. They were part of this Levitical priesthood. Uh, their, their responsibility was to uh, take care of the Ark of the Covenant and tend to those type of matters. But it was Korah and Dathan and Abiram that arose in the book of Numbers desiring more than just having access to Zion. And they wanted to fulfill the role of the priesthood. And in their rebellion, they spoke against Moses and they spoke against Aaron. And the Bible, and you'll remember very quickly, there were 250 of them with censers in their hands that they were supposed to meet. And the Bible records that the earth opened up and swallowed up Dathan and Abiram and, and those that were with Kor because the Lord already said, uh, separate yourself from them uh, or you're going to go down with them. And the earth opened up and swallowed up Kor and his, and his group. And the Bible says, though, that the sons of Korah died not, meaning that they must have separated themselves from Korah. And it's then later in Scripture, Korah during the tabernacle times had access to Zion, had access of being in there with the Ark of the Covenant and everything. But this psalm being written for them after everything that happened, the rebellion of their father, those sons now, amen, could no longer serve in the innermost sanctums of Zion, amen. 
amen, with the Ark of the Covenant. Now they are just gatekeepers in the house of God and some of them are, are, are just singers in the house of God, but they no longer attend to the Ark or the presence of Jerusalem, the Ark or the presence of Mount Zion. So whether this psalm is for them or they pinned it themselves, they're saying the Lord loves the gates of Zion. Amen. Because he could have, if he wanted us to, in the rebellion, had not just taken our father, but he could have very well taken us as well. But now we're manning the gates of Zion. We're manning the gates of the house of God. And that is nothing more but an illustration of how much God loves even the gates of his city, that he would spare us and place us there. Amen. God loves Zion. The gates of Zion. Is everybody doing okay? He founded it upon the holy mountains. A place of worship there. That holy hill right there. God founded it. And there's something wonderful about Mount Zion. There's something wonderful about the church. There's something wonderful about the entrance of the church. You know what's so great about the church? Things change at church. Amen. Things should change at church. (laughs) They took 12 dead sticks in the Old Testament and put them in the church. And in the church, a rod budded that was dead with almonds and flowers. I tell you what, Zion's precious. You can put a dead stick that's detached from the living in the church and it can bring some new life where there's not even a root. God says you can't do that at Egypt. You can't do that at Babylon. You can't do that in Ethiopia. He said, but I love Zion because I can gather together everything that is dead and without life and place it in the church and new life and restoration and revival happens at the church. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for Zion, the birthplace of the church. Loved enough, appreciated enough, even the sons of Korah that they could man, even the gates of it. Oh, what love he had just even for the gates of that place. But whenever I consider all of this and the love and the affinity that God has towards Zion, my mind is traced then back to an Old Testament story, and this is really where I really want to dig in. An Old Testament story of when Zion was first ever mentioned of, the exact word Zion. Jerusalem had been made mention of before prior to this. God had spoke uh, through the Old Testament, Deuteronomy and such, that Jerusalem would be the place that he would put his name. That would be the place that he would dwell. That would be the place that he would visit. But as it would go, we understand from an Old Testament story 
some words that are spoken in 2 Samuel chapter number 5 and verse number 6. This is the first place that the word Zion is mentioned in Scripture. The Bible says, and this is David that's in rule and made king, and the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. Jerusalem had been established for olden times. Back in the book of Genesis, the Bible speaks of the, the war that was with the kings whenever Lot was taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah, that there was one who is the king of Salem, which is probable that that was Jerusalem, which was Melchizedek. Amen. All the way back then, we learn of Jerusalem. And so she's situated now upon those two mountains, those two hills, uh, if you will, of Moriah and Zion. But as it would go, and the children of Israel, and I'm, I'm not going to try to tell the, all the history of the Bible, but as they would go, and the children of Israel would have those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and then land would be allocated to their varying tribes. Amen. Among that which was allocated to Benjamin and partly also to Judah was that place called Zion. Yet whenever they went into their lands and their places, the Bible says that they could not overcome or they could not defeat the Jebusites that were in the land. And as a result of it, they allowed the Jebusites to stay in the land and that enemy, that opposer, made their portion or piece of land that they kept would be Zion. Zion was the Jebusites. It belonged to Judah and it belonged to Benjamin. But there was a stronghold, as David even mentions here in Scripture. He speaks of Zion being a stronghold. It was a city that could not be overtaken. It was a city that was within the hands of the enemy that could not be conquered. As a matter of fact, the Jebusites were so sure of this stronghold that they had called Zion among them they told David they said listen here David he said you, you, you're going to have to somehow if you're going to come in you're going to have to take away the blind and the lame what they did they set the blind and the lame on the walls of Zion the enemy did and said we're so sure that this is a impregnable stronghold such a strong place that's in opposition we're the enemy opposition against you that we're going to make the blind and the lame amen and be the protectors of the city and you're not going to be able to overcome Zion this stronghold that's in the hands of the adversary unless you take the blind and the lame they were so sure that it was ground that could not be taken they were certain that Zion was a, a, a unconquerable ground a ground unable to be overtaken lying listen now in the hands of the enemy in the hands of the adversary. 
Amen. But the Bible clearly tells you and I, amen, they were just scoffing at David, jeering him. Amen. Our blind and our lame can keep you and your host at bay. It was similar uh, to what Tobiah was telling Nehemiah whenever he said, if a fox would go up on your wall, it would even crumble and fall. They were, they were just kind of jabbing David and, and provoking Jabed, David because here is a stronghold that they have, the enemy has, and it's not going to be conquered, yet it's a place that God says, that's where I'm going to put my name. It's a place that he had said, that's where I'm going to dwell. But it lied within the hands of their enemy. And the Bible says that David, after he had made, been made king at Hebron, that he arose and he went to the city. He declared war against the city. And the Bible says that David took the stronghold of Zion. Amen. The same is the city of David to this day. And the Bible then would later say in the book of Psalms that now God loves Zion. I come to preach here just for a little moment now, amen, to a group of people that God has such an affinity and love towards Zion because it is the places in our life that our adversary had a stronghold. No, 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 no. That the adversary had a foothold that he said that will never be conquered in their life. That will never be overcame in their life. That's never going to move. That's never going to surrender. That thing in their life is never going to be given up. That Zion is never going to be taken over. But by the power and the unction of God, by the vigilance of a man, even David, there are strongholds in our lives today that God before time said, that's where my name's going to be. That's where I'm going to dwell. That's where I'm going to go. God loves Zion because Zion is a representation of what now is free. What now is at liberty? What now has his name on it? What now has a place of worship in our life that was once in the clutch and the stronghold and the foothold of your adversary? He loves Zion because it was spoken of as not being able to be overcome, but now it's been overcame. I declare this evening that there are some modern day Zions even in our lives. Some modern day Zions even in our lives. Amen. That they present themselves as strongholds. Amen. Whatever it may be in personal lives sometimes it presents themselves as a stronghold. Unable to be conquered. Amen. We're under the identity of an opposer. Under the identity of an adversary. Amen. But it can be overconquered. It can be overcome. And it's in that moment that God has an affinity and a love for Zion. And you know what God does? He says, yeah, it's a pretty hard to get through city and it was Zion was it wasn't easy penetrated it wasn't easy to overcome he says but we're going to find amen some spot where we can get in David did and he did and he overcame it but you know what God says I'll take that city amen that was impenetrable amen by all natural eyes and I'll turn this thing around and I'll put my name there we'll have 
worship there and now that'll be my city that'll be my impenetrable force and so much so later as we see him speaking about the church Zion he told Peter he said Peter who do men say that I am some say that you're a Christ some say you're a prophet some say Jeremiah who do you say thou art the Christ the son of the living God and he said yes and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it how is that so because that was ground See, there's something that happened whenever the Jebusites lost the stronghold of Zion. That wasn't the only thing that they had under their hand. That wasn't the only thing they had under their power. But whenever they lost the stronghold of Zion, they lost the hold on other parts of Jerusalem as well. Whenever they lost the stronghold of Zion, there were other things that were ripped from their life as well. I declare to you today that there are still yet strongholds in our life, that the adversary of our soul is telling you and maybe others around you, you'll never get that aspect of their life. You'll never get that aspect, amen, to live for you. I'm here to tell you today, God's already placed his name on that. There's certain areas in our lives sometimes we say this is off bounds or the enemy says that's off bounds. I'm here to tell you, God's already placed his name there. God's already placed his name there by faith, knowing it shall be overcome. Someone say amen. God says, he says, I love it. He says, I love it. <laughs> I've overcome Egypt. I've overcome Babylon. I've overcome a lot of places. But I love Zion because it's the one they said would never bow. It's the one they said will never penetrate. It's the one they said to never break. I love it. I love it. I love it. It becomes conquered. And by virtue of being conquered, it becomes cherished. I dare to say this morning, I don't dare to say, I say. <laughs> no double dog dares really. I say that there's good Christian men and women that are still yet sitting among us this morning that have some strongholds of Zion. have not been surrendered unto the Lord. There's some crevices in hearts, some spaces in our minds that we've always kept the fence around, so to speak. We've allowed God to meander and mingle in every other area of our life but we got some strongholds that sometimes we push forward as in, unable to be penetrated by his spirit. Uh -huh. and I, you say, Brother McGee, and I'm just throwing this out here because I know, I remember it so much so, I was sitting in a, and an evangelist conference one time and Brother Steve Wilson was preaching and uh, he was telling us and talking to us about 
uh, the ministries the Lord has given us and as an evangelist some of our responsibilities and what we need to be doing whenever we're preaching at the different churches he says let me tell you what you need to preach about he says you need to preach along the lines of addictions even if everybody there's saved why because they're strongholds there's some unrendered Zions that get in the hands of the enemy <laughs> sometimes we think like we can't get, let go of certain things or there's certain aspects of our life that's just going to be the way it is and it's never going to be changed I want to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way some of us walk and tread some of the same ground till we make a rut in our life because we go back to some of the same spots and go back to some of the same things and there's some Zions in our life that God's already put his name on but we've not yet surrendered. We're saying it's impenetrable. It's never gonna happen. I'll never have victory over this in my life. Sometimes it's attitudes. Sometimes it's lifestyles that people's been involved in prior to ever coming to God. They're strongholds. They're Zions. God says, I've claimed them, but they've just not been surrendered yet. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm trying to tell somebody today, though, if you allow that spirit of the Lord just to get in there, and if that spirit will just drive itself in there and overcome that Zion that's being held in the hands of your adversary, being held in the hands of your enemy, I want you to know you don't have to worry about that being a forsaken place. Amen. Because the thing that he conquers, he'll turn around and cherish. The thing that he conquers, the thing that was conquering you, that he conquers, he'll turn around and cherish that area and that spot in your life he'll love you back into a place amen of relationship with him that supersedes all folks that supersedes all do you understand what I'm saying here today amen whenever we consider this thing called even the church the Bible says it's neither Jew nor Gentile it's neither the bondman or the freeman but it's everybody to collectively together that's called the church but if we were to look at it through the eyes of humanity Humanity from the Old Testament we'd look at the Gentile we would look at the Samaritan and we look at the bondman and all we would see is negativity all we would see is horrendousness amen for all those years we've been talking about in Daniel amen Gentile power Gentile dominion but he says you know what happens he says the things that you can't conquer if you allow me in and conquer them I'll turn around and have an affection and affinity and a love toward them the church someone say amen you'll stand with me this morning <laughs> so God why why do you love why do you love Zion so much because it's the place that they said would never be given up because they said it was the spot that would never be surrendered. And so I cherish the places that are conquered that they say could never be conquered. That's why I love Zion. Zion is a love for the impossible. Love in Zion is a love for when all the ads, 
odds say it can't be done. It's still done. He says, I love working in the realm of the impossible. I love working in the realm of the odds are stacked against me and they're not for me. Hallelujah. If we bow our heads in this place this morning, I believe the Spirit of the Lord. Desiring to have the Zions. If we bow our heads, still have, desiring to have the Zions in our life. He's already stated his claim to it. He's already placed his name there. He's already said, that's where I want to be. Amen. There's things that's happening that says, well, it can never be done. You'll never have that. You may even think within your own personal life, you know, there's just some things that I'll never get over. There's some things that I'll just never get to a place of being able to surrender. Amen. God wants that. He wants to conquer that in your life. And he wants to cherish, amen, that area, amen, that was off bounds, that had flags and fences of do not enter and do not cross and no trespassing in them. He wants those places. He wants to cherish those. He wants to love those as many as would today. Can we just find a place? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.